brooklyn.org. No one else was in the room where it happened, the room where it happened, the room where it happened. Fear does not exist in this dojo, does it? No, Sensei! Pain does not exist in this dojo, does it? No, Sensei! Defeat does not exist in this dojo, does it? No, Sensei! No one else was in the room where it happened, the room where it happened, the room where it happened. One really knows how the game is played The art of the trade, how the sausage gets made We just assume that it happens Okay, nothing seems to be working out right today What do you do with the mad that you feel When you feel so mad you could bite When the whole wide world seems oh so wrong And nothing you do seems very right what do you do? Do you punch a bag? Do you pound some clay or some dough? Do you round up friends for a game of tag and see how fast you go? Ceiling towards your toe, hands back, elbows back and lift. Two, you can three, slightly bend your knees four, in this exercise five, if necessary. Six, seven, eight again. Use your stomach muscles, Ooh, not your arms. Five, six, Don't let your head touch down. Last eight. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Now reach. One, two, three. Get it up. Five, six, seven, eight again. Where's that Applejack. Come on. No one else is in the room where it happens. Your internet radio dial is in the perfect position, and Race to the Bottom is on the air. Time to sit back and enjoy some refreshing Winslow tea. Try it hot, lukewarm, or over ice. Have it with milk and sugar, or a lemon wedge, or oh natural. Mmm, mmm, mmm. Now that's Winslow tea. A New York City tradition since 1872. Ask for it by name at the tea house or your local greengrocer. Because that's how you know it's Winslow.
low T broadcast booth in cold but clear Bushwick, Brooklyn. I'm John Reed. You're listening to Radio Free Brooklyn, and this is Race to the Bottom. Yeah. My opening monologue, as always, is sponsored by Winslow Tea, because that's how you know it's Winslow. I'm drinking it now. Here we go. Mm. Ah, tried to gargle with that, but that would have been painful. That's some hot tea. We're listening to Shafiq Hussein off his album, The Loop, but it's the instrumental version of On Our Way Home. Calling all cars. There's a race to the bottom in progress. On Bogart Street, 100 Bogart, and Bushwick. Some good radio. Calling all cars. Get down there. Right? know the question that everybody's asking is it scalable is this show scalable because it could it go small scale could it go large scale medium scale and i've got the news for you hot off the press it's scalable you get a scale and you get a scale right oprah The show that's living rent-free in your head. That's not an overused saying these days. You know what's living rent-free in people's heads is this coronavirus. And I don't like the jokes, guys. I don't like the coronavirus jokes. Oh, wicked cough you got there. You must have coronavirus. That's not funny, guys. Come on. It's not funny, right? Or maybe I'm missing something. If I'm missing something, hit me up. Got a new email address for the show. And this is not a joke. Race to the B. Race to the B. The letter B. Race to the B. Not the number two. Race, T-O-T-H-E-B at Gmail. Send me a send me an email. Make I want to make sure this thing's still working. Tell me what I should talk about, what I shouldn't talk about. Tell me what you liked, what you didn't like. You can also call at 718-928-9732. 
I like this as background music, monologue music, as it fades out. I'm not doing that. That's the song's fading out. <sighs> How about that mashup, guys? In the room where it happened. I think I think that's uh, John Bolton's, the name of his book. How ridiculous is that? In the room where it happened, and I didn't say anything until it was too late. That's the full title. We heard from uh, Skid Row. Ricky was a young boy. He had a heart of stone. We heard from uh, the sensei of Cobra Kai. There is no pain in this dojo, is there? No sensei. I've been saying that to my students. I teach middle school. I get him to scream back at me. No, sensei! Fear does not exist in this dojo, does it? No, sensei! We heard from Jane Fonda. From her workout. My mom used to do that. I'm going to start doing the Jane Fonda workout. Get jacked. Jack and Jane. We heard from Mr. Rogers. What do you do with the mad that you feel? A lot of stuff to be mad about this week. We're gonna. Be, we got Bob Ball back on the show um, in the bottom half of the hour. Politico's Bob Ball. We'll, we'll talk about. I got some questions about all the things I'm mad about. And from Bottle Rocket, we heard, uh, who is that man? That's Applejack, man. Deep cut. Now I got a bunch of music I want to play. I'm a little under the weather, but you wouldn't know it from this rousing intro monologue. I'm like, I'm like Jordan when he had the flu and scored like 48 points or something. Bremer and McCoy in the background. But it's time for a segment of the show that I like to call Recommended, because that's its name. I like to call it by its name. Call Me By Your Name. I still haven't seen that movie. It's a recommendation. Finally saw The Last Black Man in San Francisco. And good gosh, was it a good movie. Ooh. So weird, so sad. Funny. Poignant, beautiful. Great acting, great writing, characters. Cinematography. They put a lot of cinnamon on that. You know, it's obviously about gentrification, but it's it's like magical realism in a way. A little bit of like a Fellini or Jim Jarmusch kind of vibe. And he's on the 
he's on the bus, the main character. These actors, they need to be in a lot more stuff. But the guy's on the bus, and and um, I don't want to give too much away about the movie, but you know, he's trying his best to make things work in San Francisco. Could say that he's a uh, African American guy, and these two white girls are on the bus complaining about San Francisco and how they hate it. And he says, you don't get to hate San Francisco. You don't get to hate it unless you love it. You don't get to hate it unless you love it. Like that. And this is from the movie, The Perfect Timing. Listen to this arrangement of uh, if you're going to San Francisco on like French horns and stuff. So we're doing a drive to five fundraising campaign. RFB is about to turn five years old in May. And to keep this puppy going for another five years, we need to raise $25,000. But we're making it fun and we've got some challenges and prizes. This month there's a quiz that you can do. And if you take this quiz and enter RFB, or race to the bottom, you'll get a prize, and and I'll get I'll get some uh, well deserved recognition. Take the quiz or make a donation at radiofreebrooklyn.org slash drive to five. Man, it's not a joke. You can also dial seven one eight. Six seven three eight two zero one. That's seven one eight six seven three eight two zero one. To leave a message and let us know how much you love the station and your, uh, or wish us happy birthday, and your your uh, message might get played on the air. You're listening to Radio Free Brooklyn, guys, and this is Race to the Bottom. How about that reset?
and I guess we can just say that the uh, this upcoming round of sound it's sponsored by uh, our drive to five. Yeah, it is. So um, I'm gonna play some music. Kind of take it easy. We'll talk to uh, Bob Ball and do the political checkup in a little while. But sometimes, uh, sometimes somebody just wants to play some tunes. And I'm going to do that now. Sit, so sit back and enjoy this round of sound.
save this one for later. So we heard from Beach House with The Hours. Jay Dilla with Two Can Win. Even though in the whole song he says only one can win. Off of his amazing Donuts record, I should do a whole thing about, a whole show about Donuts and how much I love it. This is it's it's his swan song. Jay Dilla passed away, uh, f- you know, maybe like ten years ago now, man. But he would he would be forty six, uh, like yesterday, I think it was. And then we heard from Radiohead off in Rainbows, "All I Need," and I'm gonna do one more uh, before the political check checkup. Yeah, just playing some music. Here is Randy Newman with Marie. Like a princess The night we met With your hair piled up high I will never forget I'm drunk right now, baby But I've got to be I never could tell you what you mean to me I loved you the first time I saw you And I always will love you, Marie I loved you the first time I saw Sometimes I'm crazy But I guess you know
cold weather is now upon us. Is your car prepared? Hi, I'm Johnny from Johnny's Automotive. At Johnny's, we worry about things and check them for you so you don't have to worry about them and check them. What about your wiper blades? Can they stand up to an ice storm? How's your heater doing? Have you checked it recently? What about your brakes? At Johnny's, we make sure that your car is ready to do the job and fight hard against Jack Frost and his wintry mix of friends. Come on down to the corner of Crisco Road and Popular Creek. The Johnny's, we do it right and then check it. That's Johnny's way. See you soon. Like clockwork. Thank you, as always, to Johnny. Good old Johnny. And as always, we got R.J. Miller in the background on this crazy week. Man, Iowa caucus debacle. That's the word, right? Debacle. Everybody, who who decides? Is it that guy Frank Luntz who decides the adjective or the noun? I guess debacle is a noun, but it's a very adjective noun. <laughs> who decides the word that every article and every prognosticator and pundit uses? Iowa caucus debacle. It's a debacle. It's not a fiasco. Is Was it a fiasco? Then the State of the Union. No comment. Then the acquittal. Then we had a day off on Thursday. Except I guess that was the day that we... They finally released almost all of the results from Iowa. And then last night, the debate, which I stayed up and watched, but I, I'm sorry, guys. I know that this is not good radio. I, could, I couldn't stay up the extra amount of time to pull clips. I'll do a rundown of it. I will do a rundown of it, I promise. I'll give you a thumbnail sketch of what happened. But before that, it's time for What in the Crap. What in the Crap? What in the Crap? So, I want to talk a little bit about Rush Limbaugh, who got the Presidential Medal of Freedom. He acted like he was all surprised that he was going to get it at the State of the Union. When I was at summer camp, I was must have been 10 or 11, first sleepaway summer camp for a month. This place called Camp Seagull. Sometimes I couldn't sleep. And I had a little radio. And 
I would put it right next to my ear and I would scan the dial. And one night I found this guy, Rush Limbaugh, who I'd heard about. And I'd actually heard, see, my grandparents listened to Rush Limbaugh. Whenever you were in my grandpa's Volvo, you'd hear some Rush. My parents couldn't, you know, and most of the country hated this guy. So I wanted to know what was what was what. And I would place my little <laughs> 10 year old ear on the speaker and listen to this fat, hate filled man. And it was incendiary and it felt wrong but exciting. Got my little head spinning and my heart beating. This guy was saying the basic, he was saying up was down. And he also was, I just have to say, amazing at radio. He sucked you in. And so um, I, and when I was working at Pizza Cabin, I, I continued this tradition of um, when I was working a soul-crushing daytime shift, I'd tune into Rush. And I'd just try to... I mean, basically, I, I think there's a lot of people who, who do this. You listen and you try to figure out what you would say if you called in. I never called in. But what would I argue? But there's been a lot of stuff this week about Rush and how he basically is responsible for changing the landscape. Putting the politics of... of aggrievement is that a word aggrievement of um, hate and um, self-pity of the uh, of the fat balding white man front and center shamelessly and I think he did uh, did do it but the, the question is Who's who's good at radio? Who's good at the medium? And is it just the fact... I mean, I've brought this up before. Is it just the fact that it's a lot easier to get somebody's heart racing and, and their, their, their mind spinning about their what they're going to argue, how they're going to fight back against your argument? Is it only can you only do that if you're if you're um, if you're wrong and kind of trading in in blame and and transgression? I don't know. Howard Stern did it for a lot of people. 
Could you have somebody like that who, at the end of the day, sided for... fell down on the side of compassion? What's so funny about peace, love, and understanding? What's so interesting about peace, love, and understanding radio? I guess is the question. So, Rush got his medal. And I guess the other big hero of the week on the other side was Romney. And I always, I think I've talked about this before on the show, but I pulled this clip. This is unbelievable. You know, everybody's all good for Romney. And I I agree, you know. I think it was Samantha B. I said, we can congratulate Mitt Romney for following his conscience. And we can also congratulate dads for quote unquote babysitting. Um, but this is crazy. This So there was this documentary called Mitt. It's on Netflix. It's a, it's a pretty fascinating documentary. And it. And it's uh, kind of focuses around the 2012 campaign and has a lot of back scenes access and interviews and his time with his weird family. But during this documentary, they're they're sitting around two hours before the second debate with Obama, listening to This American Life and a David Sedaris thing on This American Life. And... This is when I knew that he one day he would vote to convict Donald Trump. I omelet bar. I knew that all this was going to happen when I heard this scene. <laughs> the window seat on an overbooked cross country flight. Don't mind if I do. <laughs> <laughs> a stadium pal and realized that while it might make sense in a hospital, it really wasn't very practical for day-to-day use. In an open-air sporting arena, a piping hot 32-ounce bag of urine might go unnoticed. (laughs) So that's like Mitt and Tag and Chip. What were their names? Crumple? Zip Zap. Some weird named kids. Cracking up to David Sedaris. Can you imagine? That's when I <laughs> that's when I saw it coming. <sighs> but uh anyway, weird, weird week. And it's time for who do you wanna win? Who's gonna win? Who do you wanna win? And who Gonna win. Got a cannonball Adderley. Another one from Fiddler on the Roof. This is Havala? How do you say this? C H A V A L A H. Havala. Havala? This is his. His album that he did of Fiddler on the Roof songs. It's so good. All right. 
else? What am I going to talk? Okay, thumbnail sketch. Let's see, from left to right. You had Yang. He just, he kind of seemed like he was trying to stand there and he never, you know when they raise your, you raise your hand when you want to get in on a question. He, I don't think he ever did that. He just wanted to, whenever they called on him to talk about the Freedom Dividend. Next to him was Buttigieg. Boot Edge Edge, right? Or Buddha Judge. And everybody was going after him. And he was smarmy and smug, in in my humble opinion. But man, might have to have to support that guy. Be some heavy lifting. Then Warren seemed kind of non-existent. I don't know what's going on with her. Biden was was trying his best to kind of hit hard. They were saying that there were some major heads rolling and retooling in his campaign. They were trying to restructure their message. He seemed combative in a kind of good way, I guess. Bernie was was Bernie. He was he had some funny lines. Um, but basically did his his thing whether you love it or uh, can't stand it. And then the media thought that Klobuchar, it was kind of her night, possibly. We'll see. And then Steyer. Steyer just makes me feel so depressed for some reason. He's so earnest, but he's, I don't know. He's a, he's not a businessman. He's a business man, like Jay-Z. It used to be Biden that made, made me feel kind of suicidal, but now it's Steyer. I don't know why. Maybe Bob Ball knows. There was this thing in, on, uh, Vox... Where they uh, interviewed James Carville. It was kind of interesting, but we got a phone call. Race to the bottom. Race to the bottom. Industries. Yeah. John, this is Bob Ball. Oh, 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 the man, the myth. How's it going? Well, John, it's going well. I'm live on the scene in New Hampshire where we have... Several candidates vying to be the Democratic nominee yes. to run against President Trump. Yes, I I was just yeah I was just uh, talking about that. So you're in New Hampshire. I'm live on the scene in New Hampshire. Which uh, which town are you in right now? Concord, New Hampshire, John. Concord, and who's Quite in cold here? Yeah. I've, I bet it is. And who's in Concord right now? Well, John, we've got a situation where all of the candidates are here all of the time <laughs> through uh-huh. Monday when yeah. the voting starts. Uh, yeah, I guess it starts at um, midnight on Monday, 
and then into Tuesday at, at Dixville, Dick's Knob or something. There's a place where it starts, Dick's Notch. That's right, John. Yeah. Um, so I, I have a couple questions for you, Bob. This, everyone, this is Bob Ball from Politico, a uh, friend of the show, and, and I, I just still can't believe that you're making time to, to call the program. Um, John, it's really my pleasure. Well, right back at you. Um, why is why is Tom Steyer make make me depressed? Well, John, Tom Steyer seems quite depressed himself, and sometimes depression is contagious. Oh, okay. <laughs> Okay, yeah, but he does have his snazzy uh, tartan tie that he wears. Like, looks like he got it out of, like, a grab bag. That's right, John. And the question before voters is, will they support a candidate who wears ties like that? We just don't know yet. Yeah. We I, will find out when the voting continues. Well, he's, he doesn't seem to be doing very very well in the in the polls, though. Well, that's true, John, but he is quite rich and can afford a lot of political advertising. Yeah, he and he's he's hitting his I think South Carolina's his his firewall. Um That's as, right, John. Bob, I was just going to bring up this this Have you you know James Carville? Have you ever talked to James Carville? Oh, yeah. James and I have had many a drink in New Orleans discussing politics. Oh, okay. You're 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 a drinker. You're you like you uh you enjoy a little nightcap? Well, you don't last this long covering political campaigns without a few nightcaps, John. Okay. That's that's good to know. Maybe maybe we could have a drink when if you're ever in New York, I don't know. But uh so James James Carville said that he said that the the Democrats have have lost their minds, and he said he doesn't like what he sees. Uh, he says, "I don't know. We just had an election in 2018. We did great. We talked about everything we needed to talk about, and we won. And now it's like we're losing our damn minds. Somebody's got to step up their game here." What do you What do you think about uh, Carville's analysis? Well, John James Carville likes to talk very loudly and say very contentious things. That's true. He, so he he goes on <laughs> he goes on to say that um uh in 2018 they recruited really strong candidates, really qualified candidates and the party says this is what we're going to talk about and we got to keep on talking about it and you know what happened? We effing won. He likes to curse uh uh, we didn't get distracted. We didn't get deflected. Uh, but now he's saying that uh, candidates are getting into the weeds on some weird stuff that the average voter just will not, does not care about or thinks is too fringe. Bob? Yeah. Are you, are you there? Yes. Yes, John. Were you, were you texting? Well, John, yes, I was texting. I, I'm also texting in to uh, 
Politico as we speak. I'm multitasking. Okay. Yeah, they, they say multitasking can... I could let you go if because they say multitasking is kind of not not great. You can never really focus on two things at the same time. Well, John, it is a quite busy time here in New Hampshire as the candidates prepare for uh, the next uh, election day. And the thing is, we still have several candidates who want to be the Democratic nominee. Yes, we do. And we just don't know which one of them will win. The voters will decide, but we don't know what decision they will make just yet. You seem tired, Bob. Well, John, it's been pretty intense. I didn't sleep at all this week uh, since... At uh, all? No, John. No, There's no. Too much political analysis to do for sleep. Okay. Yeah, you, you seem... Uh... I mean, pardon me saying this, you don't seem as, as sharp as you usually do. Uh, you're saying I'm not as on the ball. <laughs> yeah, I guess, yeah, Bob Ball, that's good. Thank you, John. Yeah. I've been making that joke for 30 years. So, uh, what did you think of the debate last night? You, I'm sure you, you had some takes. Well, John... Boot Edge Edge is still a candidate that most people, you know, he has a name that most people cannot pronounce. Yeah. Now, will people vote for a candidate who has a name that they can't pronounce? We'll find out. Well, some uh, some of them, some people just do the shorthand of, of Mayor Pete. You, you think there's the way that they could just, on the ballot, it would just say Mayor Pete instead of Pete Buttigieg? Well, the thing is, John, he's not running for mayor. And some people don't realize that yeah. he's actually running for president. Yeah, maybe that's part of why he's he's been winning. They they think they're just voting for their their mayor of their town. They're they're like, oh, I could I could have that guy as our mayor. It is quite confusing when he claims to be Mayor Pete, <laughs> but also running for president. Yeah. It is quite likely that many people think they are voting for him to be mayor of their town. I think we've just cracked cracked something open here. He's people are voting for him for mayor. Have you? Uh, maybe you could uh, see what if you could do a piece for Politico on that. John, it's a great idea. Well, I think we should end on a high note. Um, thank you so much, uh, Bob. And so you're you're. Uh, who do you, last last thing? What what's your one uh, top? Who's gonna win? Who's gonna come in second? Who's gonna come in third? Just lay your chips on the table here, Bob. What do you think? All right, John. Well, what I can say with complete confidence is that the top three will be uh huh either Boot Ed Edge, Sanders, Warren, Biden, Klobuchar, Yang. Steyer or Bloomberg. I don't think Bloomberg's on the ballot. Whatever. <laughs> okay. Uh, thank you, Bob Ball. Uh, we'll talk to you soon. Uh, thank you, John. Thank you. Wow. Bob seems off. All right. I told you we were going to... Whoa. 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 We got a phone call, but I, I can't take the phone call. I'm sorry, guys. Uh... 
I told you I'm going to end with uh, with this tune, and that's the truth. There's the image in heap, hide and seek. She wrote this about uh, George W. going to taking us into Iraq, but I feel like it still holds water. If if you just called, call back uh, next week or hit us up and race to the B, the the letter B at Gmail. That's a real Gmail. <sighs> Address. Have a great week, guys. What the hell is going on? The dust has only just begun to fall. Crop circles in the carpet. Sinking feeling Spin me round again And rub my eyes This can't be happening When busy streets Stop to hold heavy. What you say?